0: What up, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're just listening to the show, I, I think we're on L.A. again today. We're on in some other markets. Um, it, It's okay if you don't like everything I say. If you, you're like, whatever. You bring in some bias over something uh, I've said over 20 years of doing this. It's okay uh, for the most part. I know a uh, long game. I'm right. Um, I, I got it. And uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a, in a second. But I also like, I understand I've made not only mistakes and takes, but in my own life. So I'm not going to sit here and be high and mighty over, uh, over mistakes that guys have made and act like I haven't made my own. What I will tell you is unequivocally Nate Hobbs is a, is an idiot. Or, or maybe has a a drinking problem. But 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 what what for that to happen with the Las Vegas Raiders after a miracle win over the Colts. Okay, and the, the details are still upcoming. He's passed out um in Vegas suspicion of DUI. Like what? Are you the dumbest human being on earth? You had a teammate who lost their career, killed a woman and her dog. Like, was it two months ago? It's an absolute tragedy for this young woman. And it's awful for a city that has embraced your franchise. And it's not like, it's like Vegas. It's not like he couldn't get a ride. Right? Like, you, don't give me the there. there's there are taxis and there are all the different not only are there all the different driving services, but any hotel you walk out of, you'll have those other guys go and then you will ride like 150 bucks. I'll drive around for the night. Right. What is wrong with people? Uh, Nate, Nate Hobbs, the defensive back for the Raiders or. Shall I say was a defensive back for the Raiders, soon to be cut as they head into a gigantic game this weekend against the Chargers. I mean, think about think about what they have a chance to do in the first year in which they have people in the stands in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. It will be an absolute zoo. Their coach got fired. Their best their, their I don't know best wide receiver right, most talented young wide receiver is in jail, lost his career, lost his freedom because of a DUI. Darren Waller's been out, one, because of injury, then two, because of COVID. He's their best weapon, and yet here they are. They got take a chance to get to the playoffs against one of their old classic AFC West rivals, and this idiot does that? I don't call people names. I don't label people things for the most part, but if you don't have the awareness, this would be like, one of Len Bias's teammates at Maryland two months later, getting caught using Coke, right? Like that. I'm just, I'm blown away by, by Nate Hobbs, who was arrested for DUI, uh, suspicion of DUI. Yikes. All right, let's get to this. So, um, I guess it was Saturday. The days run together because the semifinals were Friday and then the rose, but the good games were actually Saturday that <clears throat> don't mean anything. Look, I'll give you my quick stance on games that don't mean anything in a moment for college football. But this was what Kirk Herbstreit said on ESPN before broadcasting the Rose Bowl, which he had a couple of members of Ohio State's team opt out of and what became an amazing comeback from Ohio State to beat Utah. Here's Kirk Herbstreit on the culture problem in college football.
1: What's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when, Des, we played in quote-unquote meaningless games, I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but I just don't understand if you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We we compete. So I don't know if changing and expanding it is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era player just doesn't love football.
0: Um. I don't know if I would say doesn't love football. I think there are we we just have we have we have forces pulling kids in ways in which they don't even know they're being pulled. You still have people who are uh, are such proponents of athletes and their ability to make dollars that they'll sit there and go like, you know, you're not getting paid in college. Like, first of all, they've changed the rules. I don't agree with the rule changes Okay, I don't agree with it because I don't think it's being used for what it's what, it, what the intent of it was, but whatever the rules have changed. If you have some sort of value, you can get paid for playing. You can. And, and as I told people for the, Twenty years I've done this because this is not a new discussion. None of this is all none of this is new. There is no amount that you can pay players that will ever be enough. And this year is the perfect example. Right? Well, it'll it'll make them stay at their school. No, won't. More people in the transfer portal than ever. Well, to make them, play, they'll they'll want to play the bowl games. No, won't. You got more guys opting out than ever. No, won't. We have bred people who don't believe in loyalty they don't believe in everybody else i don't actually think it's not out of love of football it's love out of your teammates and appreciation for the opportunities you were given look i'm not going to sit here i don't know chris alave's uh financial background but i would i would love to know can can anybody tell me one wide receiver arbitrarily arbitrarily in the history of college football that has been injured in a bowl game and has not been able to make any sort of money professionally, especially now when guys, I mean, you name the quarter, you name the guy, they come back from almost, I mean, Alex Smith had 17 surgeries. He came back and started, and that's the worst possible injury you can suffer. I understand it's a violent game. I understand that part of me wants to say like maybe running backs because there's only so many hits that they can take. You give those guys a pass. I don't think it's a love for football thing. I think college sports is in a terrible place, right? Where kids only want to go somewhere where they can play, but also get paid. But if they don't play, they don't care how much they're getting paid. They'll go to the next spot where they can get paid. And then the first chance to really make what they think is real money and play in the NFL they leave that as well. Um m- meanwhile what what happens uh Jackson Smith ends up having like the most ridiculous game cuz Chris Olave doesn't play. He has 347 <laughs> yards receiving. One dude, did you guys see the did you guys watch the Rose Bowl? So the opportunity that was afforded Chris Alave, which he doesn't necessarily need for his tape. But like, dude, for your guy, you don't want to play one last time for Ohio State. You don't want to win a Rose Bowl. It's that special to you. All of those guys that block for you, all the for C, like CJ Stroud had a great game anyway. CJ Stroud, 573 yards passing, six touchdowns. By the way, Chris Alave is from California. You don't want to come back to California, wreck shop, win a Rose Bowl. I don't think it's you don't win. I think it's. Football has become how can I make money about how can I make money? Whereas the the reality to it, okay, the reality to it is you were going to make money anyway. All you did was cost yourself an incredible experience, and all of that that we've been trying to teach you about team, 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 team goes out the window. It's about me, 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 me. You're just making and and please stop with the coaches thing. Look, coaches leave their programs. After their last regular season game. Because they have to. Players. Opt out of. Prestigious bowl games. And even not terribly prestigious bowl games. Because they want to. That's the difference. Right. Coaches. Have to leave. Because they have to recruit for their new school. Because it is about the team. It is their job per se. The. This is the last chance you get. As Bo, like Bo Blecker once said, there's a famous speech which you can hear online. We play it for you. Talks about Michigan, the team, the team, the team. Right? The team, the team, the team. This is your last chance to be part of a team. Because when you get to professional football, it is about your family. It is about your contract. It is about your professional life. This, it's about accomplishing something great together. That's what it's always been about. And we have all these forces pulling these kids in directions that they don't need to be pulled in. Allow them to experience the experience. Like we are going to get to the point. We've already gotten to the point where high school athletes are wanting their name, image, and likeness. You're going to get to the point where kids are the Little League World Series. And be like, mm, I need to get paid for this. Like, how? Do, it's gross. It's gross. Whereas. For a hundred years, football players have been really well and even better, better and better compensated because if you, what's the old, if you do what you love and if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. You love, love what you love your work. You never work a day in your life. If you're good enough, it all takes care of itself. Just go and play. If you're good enough, it takes care of itself. So I, I'm not going to go with the people don't love to play football. I think they love to play football, but I think guys don't necessarily play football for each other. They clearly play for themselves. And that's a product of our society. That's who we produced. Right? And what turns you off, like what turns people off about the NBA, the clear outs, the James Harden, the isolations, why doesn't it turn you off about football, college football? (laughs) Of course it does. Like, as much as you think, like, why wouldn't you want to be a college football coach? Well, because the guy's, that you do have the guys that you do have and they play well, they want to be paid. And it's like, I, I, the market is it's an open and free market. You go out and get it yourself. If you're worth it, figure it out. Right. So there's, there's a couple of restrictions. You can't conflict with, you know, the gear or some of the pro- sponsors of a school, but outside of that, it's pretty much free market. You can't do it. That's on, that's on you. That's what your real value is. right? If you don't play a guy, he's going to put himself in the transfer portal, no matter what the timing is. And if you do play a guy, he might bail on you in what's an incredibly important game or the last game of the season because he's worried about himself. And and look, it's reasonable to say I'm worried about myself and my health. But again, at what point in time do you shut it down? Like this idea that you got to a bowl game and the bowl game is meaningless and it's like, all right, well, does that mean once you lose your third game of the season, you're done? And if you're not going to play, then don't practice either. Like, Look, look. two of the best rookies we've ever had in the sport didn't play last year, right? Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons. Those, those are your probably your offensive and your defensive uh, rookies of the year, right? Didn't play last year. But at least they didn't play and then shut it down when the season, went, when it became, okay, well, we're not playing for a championship now. Like, do you know how bad that is? Right? That's the Randy Moss. I play what I want to play. Awful. There's no convincing me of otherwise. There just isn't. When you get to a school, you come in and your recruiting class, your boys, you do everything with those guys. This has nothing to do with the coach. It has nothing to do with anything else. It only has to do with those guys in that locker room. You stay for holidays and vacations. You get up in early hours and stay late. All of it is because of the team. Those are are going to be your best friends for the rest of your life. I know. They're mine. And I just, I don't know if it's love of the sport. I think it's really love and appreciation for the team and teammates and what it means to be a part of something bigger than yourself. We've lost that. Because you have people that some have played, some have never played a sport in their life, that are convinced that somehow guys were done wrong. It ain't true. The only thing that is true is it's inarguable, inarguable that we have made it more about ourselves than everybody else. By the way, Caleb Williams is going to enter the transfer portal, explore his options. But staying at Oklahoma, definitely an option. What's he doing? He's sitting there going, like, mm, I'll go to the highest bidder. As long as I can play, got a chance to play for a championship. Like, Excuse me. This is the same school that Spencer Rattler was the starting quarterback. He got all kinds of name, image, and likeness deals. And three games of the season, they pulled the plug on that deal. Like, if you think this is good and healthy, and don't give me, well, it's just like the NFL and free agency. No, it's not. NFL players have contracts. They can't just put themselves in the portal and renegotiate every year. It's awful. Awful. Dictating terms when you're 19 years old? If you think that's healthy for the future of sports, you should talk to somebody who's actually involved in sports. They will all tell you. Like I heard Carson Palmer say today say exact same thing. He's like, "Man, opting out of a chance to play with my my best friends?" No, thanks.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm -mm -mm. This is an all-timer right here. Uh, So... uh, Mike Zimmer this is this is funny like everybody's like well you got to got to fire Mike Zimmer Mike Zimmer's getting fired I, I don't know um, the issue with Zimmer is right his his ship is tied to Kirk Cousins we feel like we know the limitations of Kirk Cousins but they had a chance they had a chance you know to finish above 500 going into last night's game now their best opportunity is to beat the bears at home and finish at eight nine. Mike Zimmer very much coaching for his job. They've lost the last two, lost four of the last six, lost six of their last ten. So um, obviously, last night was a game where you're like, "Ooh, Sean Mannion." You can say all the nice things about him. I remember when he's at Oregon State, I was like, "Man, this guy's pretty good," just hasn't panned out. Looks like a career backup in the NFL. So they have Kellen Mond, who um, Kellen Mond's a talented quarterback. Didn't he start at TCU and then transfer to A and M? Right? Was that? Or was it the other way around I'm trying to try to remember Kellen Mond's career right so anyway Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond is a guy who um super t- no he was all AM, in for for four years um, but Kellen Mond's a guy who was a third round pick this year with the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer was asked after the game if he wanted to take a look next week at Kellen Mond. Here's his response. Do you think
3: you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not
1: particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look
0: at him?
3: I see him every day.
0: (laughs) I look, you have to factor in Zimmer's pissed. He's pissed that Kirk Cousins isn't eligible to play. I'm sure he's probably pissed that Kirk Cousins didn't get his vax and that this wouldn't have been an issue. And he's probably walking himself through, God, if we make a makeable kick against Arizona... And they had a, a makeable kick against Arizona. like, And there's so many other things that went bump of the night and injuries they've had. And and we simply have Kirk cousins tonight. Instead, I got to throw a guy out there and people want me to throw a rookie quarterback out there against the bears in a game where I'm coaching for my coaching life. Like not no, particularly, not particularly. I see him every day. I see him every day. Now, what I've, obviously people are going to take that to mean he doesn't think Kellen Mon's any good. That may be the case, or he may just think he's not ready. I see him every day. If I thought he was ready, I thought it would help him. I'd put him in. Not particularly. But not particularly. All time. Let me hear it one more time, the whole thing.
3: Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week?
0: Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. Doug Gottlieb, Show Fox Sports Radio. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Lot, 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 lot. But the National Football League, I can't think of a better guest to have on than Rich Hornberger, who played in this league, won this league, and it's just an unbelievable resource to have. Former NFL lineman, co-host of Fox Football Sunday with Steve Hartman from 1 to 5 Eastern, each Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Um, as a As a guy who loved his time in the league, has been always honest about what you see and what you feel and what you hear. Antonio Brown and how that thing ended against the Jets in East Rutherford yesterday, what's your reaction?
3: Look, Antonio Brown's a jerk, and that's okay. Everybody's been a jerk at some point in their life. It's, uh, if there's a willingness to change, there's a willingness to improve. If there's a willingness to be a better person... Uh, those are the ways that you want to essentially judge somebody, not not necessarily how they act in a moment uh, or, or over the course of even a career, because there's a lot of growth that could happen with Antonio Brown, and hopefully it does at some point here in the near future or even the long-term future. But I'm sure he's going to look back on what he did and be embarrassed the way he left that team, the way he left his teammates. Um, and if he isn't, ever embarrassed if he if he never really resolves this uh, you know immaturity or whatever and if he's a jerk who's unwilling to change well that's the worst case scenario that means you're dealing with somebody who's lacks the self-awareness to really improve himself and maybe that's the reason why this seems to keep happening he left the Steelers in disarray and he joined the Oakland Raiders and that didn't work out and he joined the New England Patriots and obviously that flamed out And here he is with the Buccaneers and it's the same old story. So I I think he's running out of opportunities in the NFL. I'll never say never, but it's feeling like never that we're going to see Antonio Brown play another game in this league.
0: Um, Does it make it, what does it do to Tom Brady's chances of being a back-to-back Super Bowl champion?
3: It hurts them uh, because they're hurting right now at receiver. I mean, they were. He was throwing footballs to guys who you, you didn't you didn't even know they were on the Buccaneers, frankly, until this week. Uh, so you know he con- connected for a touchdown with a guy named Cyril. Now, he's thrown to Scotty Scooter Miller. Uh, he's resurrected Perryman, but losing Godwin is a big problem. And Evan, you know, he's been touch and go with some injury situations over the past two seasons. So it would have really buoyed their offensive opportunity if Antonio Brown was a good soldier here. So it does have an effect. However, I will say, Tom Brady, how often has he gone into big games where you've looked at the offensive cupboard uh, for, for Tom and said, well, you know, none of his receivers, none of none of the seasoning to make his stew uh, really measures up to his opponent, and and then somehow he finds a way. Um, I think this could be a similar situation in Tampa Bay now that he's in his second year operating this offense, now that everybody around him understands the expectations, now that everybody has experience on a deep playoff run, um, it's better that it's happening in year two than it happened in year one because they would have been uh, the odds would have been stacked slightly more against them, although they are stacked up against them. It's difficult to deal with late season injuries.
0: It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. That is uh, the voice of Rich Ornberger who joins us. And we're reacting to a a crazy, crazy, crazy weekend in the National Football League. Get ready for a wild week 18, right? First ever week 18. Um, I, w- I want to get into some more of the details. But if it were you, and now you got the Green Bay Packers, they're going to have, what, uh, a couple weeks up, potentially three weeks off, right? Like, what do you do in terms of playing guys when you're already the one seed? You,
3: you want to get the guys work that need to get the work, and it's difficult to sort of legislate and navigate that, but this is a team that's also been to the conference championship game and back-to-back seasons, so you, you know that they have the ability to navigate these circumstances. I, I think that... I think that everybody should stay fresh, right? Everybody should get some run. Everybody should get some playing time. How much? It it varies. It depends on the kind of game you're playing. It depends on the level of confidence you have in the players and their ability uh, to to continue whatever momentum they're having into the regular season, going into the postseason. So there's a lot of different things you need to examine. But I think the Packers will be all right handling that situation. The most important thing is keeping everybody – safe and healthy, you know, and I, I say safe and healthy because you want to keep this uh, this virus out of your locker room as best you can. So if you are going to be giving your, your locker room days off and you're going to give veterans opportunities to rest, you need to really stress, and this is Matt LaFleur's job as the culture creator and Aaron Rodgers' job as the leader of that locker room, you need really need to stress the importance of, of isolating. You know, and, I, I you know, there's, there's nothing worse than going into a game where you can all the ha- all of a sudden have having positive tests where you're trying to navigate without potentially a starting tackle or starting corner or what have you so that's the most important part heading into the postseason
0: rich hornberger joining us on the doug gottlieb show how much credit should sean McVay get for the success that the rams have had in turning this thing around
3: oh a tremendous amount of credit i mean sean mcveigh I can't say enough good things about this guy. He's created such a strong culture there in that locker room. And he's brought in uh, some characters now. You know, he added Von Miller. He's dealing with Jalen Ramsey, who got into an altercation in the defensive huddle on the field in that win they were able to accomplish uh, this weekend. You know, they've got Von Miller and OBJ now in trade. I mean, there's some big personalities in that locker room. And it's a lot to deal with when you're a head coach and you got to keep your eye on, you know, 80 different guys. And, and, you know, it, it, and with the, the COVID situation, we were just discussing with the Packers that's affecting all these other 31 teams too. It's a lot to handle. And in this young career that he's had so far, he's done a tremendous job. Bad day to have a bad day for Matthew Stafford going out there and playing the way he did, turning the ball over three times, two interceptions, the, the sack for the fumble, um, but, but beating a great team – well, I shouldn't say a great team, but a really great defense uh, against the Ravens in a tight game who are also well-coached by John Harbaugh. That's a huge win, and uh, and it was a team win. And and speaking of OBJ and Von Miller, t- talk about a couple of guys who stepped up and made late plays. The fourth and five OBJ caught the go-ahead touchdown, uh, the Von Miller sack. I mean, the late additions to this roster iced that game and give credit to, to Sean McVeigh also for getting them caught up uh, in time to really factor late in this regular season where they needed them.
0: Rich Horberg is our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, explain to me the Tennessee Titans, who, I mean, Julio Jones has been out. That obviously is somewhat to be expected, but you combine that with Derrick Henry, who we thought was their whole team, has been out. Now they have the one seed in the East. How'd this happen?
3: Well, you know, the, the Titans are built the right way. If you look at their defensive front seven and you look at their offensive line, they, they really do a lot of good for their whole team. You know, it starts with their offensive line offensively. You know, they they obviously want to be a running team. Deontay Foreman has stepped up, you know, that second man in mentality. mentality. They've really been able to rely on him. They've gotten a lot more out of Ryan Tannehill than I think anybody would have forecasted this season without Derrick Henry. And that, day, that front seven, they wreak havoc. I mean, they confuse people. They're good um, with their assignments. And what I mean by that is, these, you know, Rabel wants to run some exotic blitz packages, and he does. And so when they're bringing pressure, it, it can be confusing. You're sending guys from all sorts of different spots to confuse the offenses you're playing against. And everybody's in the right position. Everybody stays in their passing lane. Everybody understands their assignments. And as a result, you have a really effective defense. It all starts up front for the Tennessee Titans, and that foundation is firmly in place. So while the wins, they look ugly sometimes. They still count as wins. And so this team can lock down the, the one seed in the AFC. and not a lot of people have a lot of faith in them. But I'm telling you, that, that type of team you know, strong in the trenches heading into the month of January, those are the teams that can make deep runs.
0: Stug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Bengals. My question is about the Chiefs. Their offense scores three points in the second half. We'd all gone crazy about the Chiefs in their turnaround. What led to them being unable to score yesterday against uh, Cincinnati?
3: It looked to me like they sort of regressed a little bit in that second half. I'm so glad you brought this up because a lot of the same things you saw in the first half of the season offensively started rearing their heads and sort of playing peekaboo with us in the second half against the Bengals. The Chiefs are the ultimate front-running team, you know, and and it's like like being on the schoolyard with your bully. You don't want to do it. It's scary, but if you sock that dude in the face, You're going to send him on his heels and he's going to be reeling. There's very few teams that have enough firepower to really stand up to the Chiefs as that playground bully. You know, they want to dance on you. They want to catch the football and they want to do the cha-cha like Travis Kelsey in the end zone. And they're planning their celebrations before the game. But if they're in a fight the way they were against the Bengals, they'll fade a little bit, man. And we saw a second-half wilting of that Chiefs offense. And some of those problems we saw in the first half of the season reared their head. A couple of missed shots with Mahomes, uh, you know, a couple of opportunities to get some pressure on Mahomes where they were really coming after him. That Cincinnati Bengals defense probably not getting enough credit, and um, and and a couple of drops by receivers in the second half. And so they got to tighten up the ship as they head into the final week of the regular season because they, you can't have those second halves in the postseason.
0: Rich, uh, who's your MVP?
3: It's Aaron Rodgers, man. Uh, I mean, that cat, the way he's playing, you know, he's manufactured motivation this season. The off-season, he had some of the controversy that he's, you know, kind of drummed up for himself this season. I think he's created this them-against-me mentality, and he's, you know, circling himself with his brothers in that locker room, um, and he's playing some unreal football, maybe some of the best of his career. He, he's really possessing that, that same, I, I want to say like Tom Brady-esque, you know, he's going to win every game uh, uh, ambiance or, or ego when he enters the playing field. It just sort of feels like it tilts in the favor of the Green Bay Packers right now, especially offensively when they're out there. Yeah, he, he's the runaway in my opinion.
0: Rich, you're the best, man. Uh, Love listening to you guys. I'm driving around. I was driving around a bunch at times on Sunday, running errands, picking up kids. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, and Happy New Year to you.
3: Happy New Year, Doug. Thank you.
0: Uh, He's the best. Rich Ornberger played in the league, studies the league, knows it, and shares his knowledge with us, not only on our show, but you can hear him on uh, Fox Football Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to get you caught up on something you may have missed earlier on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it...
1: And now... (laughs) Check out
0: the latest lines from the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You got to be twenty one, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. This is Colin Cowherd talking about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys.
1: It's never changed in the NFL. A coaches and A quarterbacks win Super Bowls, and there's very few exceptions. And Dallas has a B and a B plus. Dallas once again has feasted. You guys keep calling it a Dak slump. I think it's what he is. Dallas has feasted again this year in a bad division, 5-0 and against the NFC East, and their average 6-5 and against everybody else. And Dallas has feasted on very average quarterbacks. They beat Taylor Heineke twice. They beat a very young Mac Jones in week six, had to go to overtime. They beat Mike Glennon. They beat Taysom Hill. Jalen Hurts just coming out of the shoot for Philadelphia. 6-5 <sighs> and five against everybody else. So don't confuse great story with great team or great intangibles with great quarterback. Dak is pretty good. And so I picked the Cowboys to make the playoffs this year and be pretty good. Because with Dak, they'll always be pretty good. Because he's a leader. He's a smart kid. He works hard. The players like him. He's athletic enough. But you're watching him and Kyler on the same field. Kyler's missing everybody. When Dak doesn't get 100 yards rushing, he doesn't win games. He doesn't beat good teams. I mean, oh, he beat Justin Herbert. Yeah, he no touchdowns one interception (laughs) that was his game against Justin Herbert who threw for almost 350 yards. Uh,
0: yeah, look, I, I've, I've always thought to Dak is good, solid, and not great. I, I think this is kind of what we have a tendency to do is we massively overreact when a guy is, undercompensated or undervalued. And then he becomes overcompensated and overvalued. And we, we did the same thing essentially with Kirk cousins. Like I think Dak's better than Kirk cousins, but I don't think he's that much better than Kirk cousins. Right. Dak has, I think the intangibles that Kirk lacks. I think Kirk has slightly better tangibles in terms of accuracy and ability to, you know, to decipher defenses. Like, look, again, look at the playoff wins and records. And uh, we would also all admit that uh, uh, that you you have, Dak Prescott has really, really good weapons. So th- none of this is new to me. I just think it's a realization that others are coming to. Here's Dan Patrick talking about Antonio Brown's debacle.
2: Tom Brady is saying that we should be compassionate. Okay, were were people compassionate and understanding about him prior to this? Was anybody helping him? It feels like he could still play foot. He's the guy in this. I, I've covered sports now for almost 40 years. And I see this happen. Every sport moves on. What's going to happen to Antonio Brown? Now you may go, well, who cares? I mean, that's, the, that's part of the process here. That's part of the problem. Hey, we love you. No, we don't care about you. Ask Johnny Manziel. How's it going? Nobody cares. But this seems to be a little bit more tragic, a little bit more serious. And I wondered about this with Meta World Peace. I wondered about this with Dennis Rodman. Even Terrell Owens. Like, you just wonder, because once you're done, nobody cares. And Antonio Brown, by all accounts, when we were around him, he was charismatic as can be. When we'd have him on at the Super Bowl, he walked in and he could light up a room. And I just hope somebody actually looks at him as a person and not a football player, a commodity, because that's really the the crux of all of this.
0: Yeah, I, I, look, is it fair to say you look at him as a as a person, not a football player? Sure, it's t- t- I, I get it. Here's the problem: as a person, he's a jerk. Right? He's a jerk. And if, if we're talking about his mental health, that's one side to it. But he's also treated people very poorly. Like the reason he got outed about his vaccination card was he stiffed his chef. And it's not the first time. So I get what Dan is saying. I truly do. But I also think that if we're being real about it, we go, yeah, we can look at him as a person. That person, not a good person.
1: What does the Fox say?
0: Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at Bet Bet-River Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting, must be 21 present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, play game, problem, go one in her gambler. What happened to Kansas City? I'll tell you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.